listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hello, welcome to Constituent Marking with Fred Long on Proof Text. This is our third episode. We're working through 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And I'm using in uh, this method, which I call constituent marking. I've been teaching Greek for 30 years now. And down at the bottom, if you're able to view the screen, you'll see a legend. And this legend shows you how to do the markup. What I like about this method is that it trains your eye to see what's most significant and to help you navigate the sentence. So it teaches you to pay attention to verbs, to connectors, and to all the things that surround the verbs, like subjects, direct objects, indirect objects, and then also to identify modifiers like adverbs, prepositional phrases, and subordinate clauses of different types. And so <clears throat> we're going to start with 12.3. I'll read the text. Hopefully those of you who are listening can follow in your mind's eye. So verse 3 begins with a dio. Dio is a connector. I put a box around it. Then I see a verb, gnorizo, present active indicative from gnorizo. Umin is a dative, which is an indirect object. It gets a dotted underline. So therefore, I make known to you. OT. OT is a connector, a conjunction, which also gets a box and then a, a uh, bracket. It starts a subordinate clause. This is another content loads, uh, content clause. I'm making known to you this, namely. Okay, so what does he want them to know? Edis and Panavmati Theu. Impanevmati Theu is a prepositional phrase. And Panevmati with a genitive modifier, the Theu. Theu is uh, a genitive. You draw an arrow back to what it modifies. Udis is nominative. And right away, I put a single underline around it. And then I come across a lalon, which is a participle, and then a legi le says. No one says. So no one says, speaking in the spirit of God. So the lalon, participles typically are going to start a subordinate clause or be involved in a subordinate clause. And here... Um, I think the subordinate clause begins with the enpenevmatithayu, no one speaking by the Spirit of God, and then says. So this is subordinate clause number two, uh, la lalon. That's all in brackets, and I put a two there because the OT content of gnorizo gets uh, a, its own bracket uh, labeled one. Uh, so no one uh, speaking in or by the Spirit of God s says, legi, present active indicative. 
Now we have direct discourse. And this is subordinate clause number three. And what do they say? Legi, they say legi anathema Jesus. Jesus be accursed. This is a null uh, verb sentence. It's a it's a predicate uh, nominative uh, with a subject. So I single underline both anathema and Jesus. And so that's one statement that uh, no one speaking by the Spirit of God says. And then we come across a ke. Now this ke is adding something to the discourse. Next uh, means and here in this context is translated and. And then we see an udis. Ke udis dunete ipin. Ipin. So dunate gets a single underline as from duname, which means uh, to be able. Here is able. Ipin. Ipin is an aorist, second aorist infinitive, uh, active, aorist active infinitive. This is single underlined as well. So the udis, dunate, ipin are all single underlined because you have a subject. And then a verb that takes a complement. And that epin infinitive works all together. And this is really a setup for the next direct statement, kurios Jesus. And there we have direct discourse again. And this is now our fourth subordinate clause. It is also null copula. So we have to supply the verb imi. Uh, and here it would be esteen. So Jesus is Lord, understood. Both kurios and Jesus are single underlined as subject and predicate nominative. They are being equated. And so they're single underlined is fine. And so no one is able to say, quote, Jesus is Lord, unquote. And then we come across the last clause with e may. Ime works together to start what's called a an exception clause. And really, when you break down the semantics of this, um, it really is uh, a type of conditional clause in which something has been denied. And Steve Runge explains, like, imagine there's a table with things on the table Something is denied, like everything on that table is cleared off. And then the Ime exception clause puts something right back in the middle of the table. And here, what's being put back is the N Penevmati Agio, Agio, N Penevmati Agio, except they speak it by the Spirit Holy, by the Holy spirit. So this is a, a verbless uh, clause and that happens with ime, ime clauses. We just have to resupply the is able to say. So no one is able to say Christ is Lord unless they are speaking, that's understood, by the Holy Spirit. And so the ime clause is closed right there. 
And then we also have to close out the first clause, and that is, I want you to know that. And so that's why I put a bracket after the uh, ending bracket of the exception clause, uh, going back to the OT, the OT clause. So Paul wants them to know this complex set of ideas. And the complex set of ideas involves two negative statements, no one says, and no one says. And, um, and so it's a beautifully constructed uh, sentence with five subordinate clauses. Begins with a meta comment, uh, I want you to know, like Paul doesn't need to state it that way. Gonorizo umin. He could have just said, therefore, no one says. Instead, he sets it up with the gonorizo umin clause. This is called a meta comment. This draws more attention to it, to the content that follows. And then the content that follows is stating things in negative ways in order to ultimately affirm the final uh, accept by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is an active, plays an active role in us confessing that Jesus is Lord. And this raises all kinds of questions like, why would he even state it that someone might possibly say, Jesus be cursed? Um, was, were people going around saying that? Well, I don't know, possibly. It possibly was that they were, someone was misunderstanding what was being said. Now, uh, what might they have been saying that might have been misunderstood? Well, at the end of 1 Corinthians Paul talks about uh, Maranatha, Yezu, Jesus Christ, come. Might it have been, which is Aramaic, by the way. They were, maybe someone was speaking in that tongue, that language, in such a way that it was misunderstood. If you say Maranatha, Yezu, Maranatha, Yezus, Maranatha, Yezus, that could have been misunderstood in the Greek as Ananthema, Yezus. So, we're speculating a little bit, but maybe there was a misunderstanding of what was being said, and Paul here has to explain that if you're speaking by the Spirit of the Holy Spirit, you don't say that kind of thing. Instead, it, the Holy Spirit leads you to say that Jesus Christ is Lord. All right, well, we'll stop there this time. I hope you're enjoying learning about constituent marking as well as some of the, the messaging of 1 Corinthians 12 here. We'll continue next time with verse 4. And um, looking forward to having you listen or watch us next time. Thanks. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glossa House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.